This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bellwurst. And summer is here. I'm wearing my summer straw hat. Um, and we're out in the garden again. And the croaky in the background is magpies. And the rattling in the background is probably the trains going by. Mm. Uh, this month we're going to be talking about what to do when people don't turn up and how to plan for it. Um, what to do when your players get or start out being ludicrously powerful, and about um, what the, you might... the pulps and about the pulps. Little, what can they teach us about gaming that hasn't been ripped off from already? But before our, all that, this word. to mention when we think there's something worthwhile in it, uh, a bundle of holding because they send us stuff not only because we send us stuff uh, there are two uh, good offers on at the moment, the first is Delta Green all of it, all of the current iteration of it that I can see Delta Green is a modern horror role playing game first came out in the 1990s as uh, a supplement to Call of Cthulhu well as a sort of, even now as a sort of version of Call of Cthulhu. It was a campaign setting, I think. It was yeah, all right. That, they they were certainly using the original rules. They're now using their own, but they're, they're pretty close. They're pre- yeah. Um, I, and as it was the 90s, it was all about conspiracies and uh, being deeply suspicious of the American government. Ha! While working for it. While working for it. Well, while sort of working for it. Delta Green being a conspiracy inside uh, the American intelligence and law enforcement agencies which tries to keep down um, the things of the, of the Cthulhu mythos whilst fighting the other bit of the American government, which is really quite friendly towards bits of the Cthulhu mythos. They have neat toys. They have, they, they have flying saucers, and they are alien friends whom we, 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 we worship. Um, and anyway, there is a new current updated version, which isn't any more cheerful or optimistic. <laughs> Um, um, but is uh, is even more detailed and um, and full of more history that you can exploit, and uh, just about everything is in uh, the Delta Green offer. And if you want to play it, and this is the cheapest and easiest way to get all of it. And the same may be said for Eclipse Phase, which uh, is also on. And well, we talked uh, about this way back in episode yeah, number one. I had an enthusiasm for it, and I'm. I, I'm still not quite sure why. I've never played it still. I've still not actually got around to playing it, but it looks really neat. It looks really, really and it, and neat. And it's still on my list of things I'd like to try running sometime. Yeah, yeah, I'm somewhere to the back of my list of that. But if you want a game of post-apocalyptic, transhumanist horror in near-human space and the immediate vicinity, then go for this. This is, this is a game in which you... You can plug yourself into a new body every day if you can afford it. And afford gets slightly weird definitions in the 
in the reputation culture of the post-humanist future, which I would I would pay money to avoid myself. <laughs> and uh, and and there are all there are the things that which cause the destruction of Earth and trying not to attract their attention. There are all sorts of unfriendly... Destruction is, is such a loaded term. Transformation Alteration. Into, transformation into, into a pile of no longer quite human things. Is that, is that, that more the, the politically correct way of putting it? <laughs> I don't really... Uh, please, forgive me for using the words politically correct. Because uh, they're... Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but, but it is... Uh, yeah, but, but the polite euphemism is, is the new transformed earth. And and all sorts of opportunities to do really weird things. It is quite complex, I think, is its main main problem for me, both in background and in in game system. But well, you know, you know where people say in in transhuman space, where do we start? Yeah. Uh, you, well, that's where you start for eclipse phase. Yeah. Well, well, where where you start for it, it is del- deliberately much stranger than transhuman it space. Is very it, much it is harder stranger. to get a hold on without having read a fair bit of it. Uh, well, yeah. And there are several. Um, there are there are at least two uh, advent- adventures, starter adventures in it. One of which is the traditional "you wake up and you don't know who you are" one, and the other one in which which um, you wake up and you're several versions of the same person, hmm. which is one way of doing it. Please do have a look at it. It's a very interesting thing. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to run it, but I feel I feel I should give you this opportunity. And finally, a bit of crass commercialism. I'm talking about the reputation culture of the post-treatment future, uh, we'd like money. You don't have to send it to us, but if you if you enjoy the show and uh, would, would like to encourage us to keep doing it... We're putting a hat out. Yeah. Ah. PayPal.me slash RogerBW. I'll give a share to Mike. Honest. You heard it on air. You wouldn't dare. You wouldn't dare, would you? Would you? Well, that depends on how much comes in. That's true. If I've suddenly vanished to South America... Well, that, in that case, can I have your bathhouse? I should think so. Onwards. <laughs> One of the sad realities of any long-term role-playing group, as opposed to game, though it also applies to um, groups that only get together for one game, is that you're going to miss people. Um, The thing about a group that's together for a long time is that you get to know in advance that you're going to miss people. Um, And it's sometimes a bit of a problem. I have a fallback position in which I say, well, we're down to that few people. We'll play board games this week. Mm. But... In order to minimise the effect upon the storytelling of the game, I think it's probably wise, in most cases, to make allowances for people not being there when you when you create the initial structure of the game. And I'm wondering what the best ways to do this is. Now, the first thing that bubbles to the top of my mind is uh, the firm answer, well, something like Ask Magic a Troop role-playing would seem to make sense. But the, 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 the whole thing about the troop role-playing is that people are not tied to all the characters, or rather, all the characters don't have a specific person tied to them. There are characters yeah. who are um, common property and can be picked up and played. 
though, as I understand it, you would normally have at least one of the mages involved in any given adventure, and you, you know that's going to be the player who's missing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, 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 the odds increase when you make plans that a particular player is going, going to be there. They're, it's, it's the last minute that drop out that makes life most complicated. Mm-hmm. But um, the regular, I can't make it because uh, my rugby club or my, my son's school or whatever. All the last minute didn't drop out when, when you uh, designed the evening's game around the things they don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That, that, that too is a, is a problem. But we're, we're GMs. We can juggle things. But, <laughs> um, all right, but, but what sing, can we single do? Single-session adventures is, is the obvious brute force approach. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is easier if you have a slightly longer typical gaming session than... than well, mine are probably about... Two hours. Two, two, two to three hours of actual play these days. Mm. Um, well, I go for three hours, seven o'clock till ten. Those e- those evenings there, but, but basically a sufficiently structured campaign that e- each night's play can say right. We start at the base, or at least we start somewhere mm. out of immediate hazard, where people can come and go. We do the adventure. We go back to somewhere out of immediate hazard. Yeah, um, the 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 base and return is a good way. There, there's also the peripatetic, the wandering campaign, the caravan campaign, where you are taking or starship campaign for that matter. Where you're taking your base with you, but you're going somebody. That's taking that's trickier though, because the the, the point of what I'm suggesting oh, is that it's it's something like the Mission Impossible model. Uh, mm. I, I think Mission Impossible is role playing avant la let, really. Mm. Um, you you've got the regular PCs for any given Ooh, season, point. two or two or three of them, and then you've got the guys who come in just for that episode. Yeah, yeah, but. You're 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 still you're going to have, but but the thing is that the, the mission is complete within within the space of the episode. Yeah. Um. And so at that point, the the, the meta story, which is okay, never particularly shown on screen though it's it's hinted at, is right. We are now going back to our normal lives of whatever it is we do between adventures. Mm. Yeah. And then we will get the call again next week. Structure like that makes it difficult to build up a long term story. But yeah, the. It is troop playing. The problem is that you get... I don't know. Does somebody different play Jim Phelps every week? Um, Or are there different team leaders um, in the Mission Impossible Well, if if all your players are potentially... I I find, at least in in my experience, some of my players are much more reliable than others. Well, this is practically speaking true. Um, But even even every last one of them has dropped out on me at the last minute. Yeah. Um, but but he, okay, even without that, um, I, I think if if you have a reasonably broad set of skills, then then you ought to be able to get away with losing one one player for the evening and still have mm. the key stuff covered. Well, as I said, if people are not attached to their characters, if people are not um, are not, yeah, actually, actually going back to the Ars Magica thing. Start with the person you're sure is going to be there, and they're the mage, and they're given the job by the rest of the covenant, whatever the job turns out to be. Or they are, they are, they are, they are the Jim Phelps. If they're, if they're not the same character, they're, they're the same function mm-hmm. for that for that week. Good morning, Mister Zed. Yeah, the the difficulty is what, what I'm saying is you you also need to fit the length of the adventure mm. such that at the end of that session. 
yeah. it is a plausible place for them to depart from the narrative. Understood there. Yeah, Cliff, uh, hang, hanging at the, end of, at the end of the mission is a bugger if you're not going to have the same people back again. But if, as I say, the 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 people who are doing the job, as opposed to the team leader, are pickups, then I mean, I don't know if there is a game like this, but uh, but you have a but your organization, your League of Superheroes, your um, your your Mission Impossible Force has a repertoire of of people with who are to quote uh, the adventures of Baron Munchausen the best uh, uh, the the best trapeze artist in the world <laughs> or whatever it is you need mm-hmm. um, then you, then um, those people are they may become recurring characters but they are not the sort of people that get that that um, PCs emotionally invest in. Yeah, on the other hand, you, I, I think it would be quite possible to say, right, the, the, this week we've got the PCs who do this, this and this. Yeah. Therefore, that is the mission they're going on. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying for ultra-flexibility here, where you um, uh, you give the, 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 the team leader the mission and then let him compose his team and perhaps even choose which players get to get to play that. That, that would be interesting, but uh, but it's not, not really quite not, not quite well. No, well, it could be. It's just not not quite what what we're doing here in terms mm. of trying to account for players who aren't available. Could make an interesting board game though. Yeah. Anyway, um, the the um, other fairly crude approach mm. is what, what I tend to think of as the player character cloud, which yeah. is basically if if the player isn't present, then that character sort of fades into the background. Or fades out again if if the situation continues into the next session. I, I assume that all and the, the, this is essentially um, what's what's the term? Hanging a lampshade on it. It's saying yes, we accept that this is a problem, and ra- rather than try to come up with a contorted in-universe explanation, we're, we're just going to ignore it. Um. Well, a contorted in-universe explanation can be fun. If it actually springs your your creativeness, yeah. but it's hard I'm not, to do I'm not saying this is short notice. I'm not yeah. saying either of these is the only option, but but it is something that works fairly well, and particularly in the World War Two game uh, that we've been doing this a mm-hmm. lot because pe- people have to. Well, basically, some some of the players are extremely busy and um, will usually be there, but not always. Yeah, well, it's easier to and, and so it's it. Unless I want to restrict myself to we we must get back to base at the end of the week, and sometimes that that isn't appropriate. Then then then, then you do the there's, thing there's like the, the, the like the character in the game is who everybody's forgetting is keeps forgetting is there. It, it does strain the narrative a bit, particularly when when you've got characters who who are particularly good at something and that something comes up. It's well, not ideal. Well, I would encourage. I don't always do it. Uh, players to leave me a copy. Or ensure I have a copy of their latest player version because if you if you don't turn up, the GM is going to regard that person as an NPC and play them if he has to, according yeah. to, according to the way he understands them. The approach I tend to take, well, b- because I'm running GURPS and I'm keeping track of people's character sheets and auditing experience and so on, I have the yeah numbers at least. The the PC cloud is a compromise, I think. Mm. Uh, 
on the one hand, you you are not going to get killed. Yeah. Or you're permanently whatever. On the other hand, you don't get experience points and you don't get to contribute to the story because you weren't there. Uh, yeah, I, my, I, I, I don't. I, I suppose I subcon. I suppose I do this semi-automatically. Um, if there is a plausible excuse for them suddenly being recalled to place, suddenly having to go off to Budapest in order to deal with another matter, then I'll find it. But nonetheless, if they're in the aircraft, uh, if they were in the aircraft uh, with the other characters at the end of last week, they're still in the damned aircraft at the start of this one. Yeah, or, or the life pod, or yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, they they have not they do not spend the entire rest of the adventure. Oh, I know they could spend the entire rest of the adventure stuck in the loo with terrible cats and diarrhea. Oh, I'm just going to clean clean out the parachute locker. <laughs> I must refill my parachute several several times. <laughs> now, of course, back in the day, I, I at least remember that uh, in, in, when I was playing dungeon bash games, it was con- considered quite usual in some groups that if you're not there, your PC gets played by somebody else. There has to be a certain amount of trust there, and this was often not justified. Yeah, I, I, I think I can always come up with a reason why your character did not die in the terrible Holocaust that the other characters brought down upon their heads. Um, I can always have you come. Ah, lucky shoes. Uh, <laughs> and I alone, and I escaped to tell thee. Oh, uh, it, it was a terrible fight. Uh, re- really, I, mean, I, I don't there. know how I got I got away. Uh, it, Yes, there are temptations here to, to to have it turn out that the player made a terrible bargain with whatever it was <laughs> was eating the rest of the party. Um, and if if you've got a player who will go along with that, that's just wonderful. Mm. Uh, and, and I speak as somebody who just who was in one of your games when somebody turned out turned up who had been hollowed out by the enemy and um, <laughs> and returned to plague. Uh, Plague his his uh, former comrades, and I think seem to recall plead with them to kill him. Technically, that wasn't so much hollowed out as as have the surface removed. But yes, yeah, all right. Um, so, so what else works? Um, well, what are there are there other in game structures that that allow for exchange of characters in this sort of way? Um, and you, you, you've talked before about trying to end the session on the cliffhanger. Can can you bend the session towards ending on a relatively safe spot? You can try, but I have players. Maybe everybody has players who, when you get towards the climax and when you get towards the uh, the ending bit, that's the point at which they start to get fussy. <laughs> I want to go over every last bloody detail and insist that their character gets to do the thing that their character has been waiting to do for the whole adventure. Mm. And I can't say I blame them, but I do wish they had a better sense of timing sometimes. <laughs> um, you can... I, uh, a cliffhanger is easier to arrange than a satisfying ending. If you want yeah. a satisfying ending by the end of the evening, start with the final battle, and in three hours' time you may have wiped everything clear. Uh, I'm not sure it's satisfying ending. I'm, I'm trying to... Well, all right, give me a definition of what you're trying to get. Basically, some, something like an axe break. Yeah. yeah we, we, we've, we've just discovered the major whatever. Some, some, some bit of information that's going to lead on to the next bit mm. of the adventure. 
Uh, and we are now going to pause and think about that. And, yeah. and that, that is the sort of time when, without straining the narrative too much, somebody might be called away or somebody else might be dropped in because he's got the skills that's going to be needed or, you know, that sort of thing. I am aware. I, that I am looking at an agency model for this more, more than um, completely yeah. free acting PCs, obviously. Yeah, uh, completely free acting PCs are not the best, are not the best um, model for any game where you're, you're really, really uncertain of, uh, of regular attendance. Um, you need a return to base. You need um, a floating crew, even, even if it's only to return to, to Gimpies in New Parvis. Um, and pick up somebody more suitable for um, uh, for the next uh, delve into the rubble. Somebody who's still got a sword arm. Somebody who's still got a leg would be nice. <laughs> Which is tactless if you bring it up in gimp- gimpies. Mm. Um, but the, yeah. I am aware that in my um, Knights Black Agents game, we did often reach a point at which they said, well, we've learned this x we've learned y we know what we're going to do next let's pause it here but that was partly i think because something i'll talk about in a moment um of their reluctance to use their superpowers as really awesome secret agents at all Mm. given that they were fighting a vast uh conspiracy of non-human things yeah that that's an old thing about knights black agents and i've seen a number of people saying that essentially they they didn't have a good feeling for what the PCs could expect to get away with and and what would be a challenge and what was impossible. Mm. Yeah, it, it is it is a problem um which I wanted to to mention in in our next segment a bit. Yeah. But um I think yeah, the 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 a means to bring new people in a means to bring Old but different people in, I think. I think is. I think is needed. I think partly a feeling of uh, of there being characters you can just pick up if they will suit the current mission is. I don't know how you get that worked in because everybody wants to be uh, wants to end up, um, especially in. Zero to Hero games as the hero, as somebody's had all the experience, who's done all the things, who's built himself up. Hmm. Um, it fights against okay. it. Okay. Something like Feng Shui wouldn't, because it doesn't have the same advancement structure. I can see a, I can see a, a Mission Impossible pick your character, appropriate characters, game using uh, Feng Shui um, as a basis for it. Here is how I think one might do it in GURPS. Go on. Um, you, you have your core character who is a generalist. Yeah. Um, and when you get to the mission briefing, you can either play them mm-hmm. or play somebody else of about the same point value but with some specialist packages based on the mission. Uh, I'm not suggesting a full GURPS character generation here, but something like the abbreviated version in Action 4. Where, where you basically plug together four or five modules. Yeah. That's still a fair... A fair uh, e- even with computer generation, that's a, f- that's a fair bit of, of choice and... and the, the way I, I think I would like to run this would, would be to announce at the end of the previous session, this is your mission brief, and, mm-hmm. and then give people a few days to 
okay. decide what they wanted to play. That requires me, the GM, being more organised than I typically am. But I can see, <laughs> I can see it, it happening. All right, and then say, say Damn, now I really want to run a Mission Impossible game. Bom, bom, bom. I'm sorry, no, I'm going. That's the theme tune from Space 1999. No, it's Lalo Schifrin. It's no, a no, it's UFO. Bom, 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 bom. Okay, uh, that's that's enough. We have copyright to worry about. All right, fair. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's about it. I I don't think we've come to the perfect solution here. Um, I, Everything has drawbacks. See see how the group. Yeah, I, I, feel, I, feel I, I, feel, be... I think we could say overall there does need to be some. If you're not going to do the pure PC cloud thing, there does need to be some sort of structure. Yeah, simply to account for people going away sometimes. Mm. I mean, if if you are you know the the, the seven heroes who who are go, going to find the demon lord who killed their dad. Then yeah. yeah, that's kind of what you do. Well, I would say if you're the seven heroes, I would say given the fact that my maximum advised um, uh, my maximum advised party size is five, two of them <laughs> should be should be pick up characters. Fair. I wanted to discuss. I put this onto the uh, onto the schedule before I came here today. Uh, but as I came on the bus here today, I was listening to Ken and Robin talk about stuff, and the stuff they were talking about was their experience in writing their two latest projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ken Height said that one of the major things he did in writing the new version of Vampire the Masquerade was to take out botches from the system. That's your fumbles, basically. Uh, that's your fumbles. Now, he was perfectly justified in doing this uh, because um, one of the peculiarities of the first edition of World of Darkness games was the fact that, yeah, the uh, uh, mathematically, the more powerful your character got, the more dice he was rolling, the more likely he was to botch because you yep. get botches uh, uh, with difficult tasks. You 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 would go more you would go horribly wrong more often on a high skill than a low. Yeah, and and that was just just stupid. And he, but he also went slightly beyond that and said that he felt that you are supposed to be a powerful terror in the night, and you are you are not supposed to trip over your own shoelaces. You can still fail. But you shouldn't make an ass of yourself. That's sort of the when to roll problem, isn't it? And well, I, I know GURPS has a section on this, and and it's the canonical thing people used to say about Rollmaster. You know, you you roll to get up in the morning and, and trip and impale yourself in your collar stud. Um, yeah, I, I, on, a, on a minimal, and the number of and the number of people who would chop their own arms off in a large scale battle under RuneQuest. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I believe, is maybe one of the more realistic bits of the, uh, or at least chop the arm off their their next door neighbour. Um, now, there is a tre- trend towards having players be competent right from the start, and um, oh, I wish. Oh, characters. Uh, oh, right. sorry. Yeah, right. Car- sorry, careless of me. Yes. <laughs> Yes, one has to. The the care care and feeding of the beginner player is probably a topic we should do sometime. Mm. Um, But the uh, uh, they are powerful from uh, from the beginning, and as 
I have brought up my players with old-style games like RuneQuest and GURPS, where you may start out powerful, but you don't start out ludicrously powerful. When I use something like Knights Black Agents, they they don't have the sense of it. And I'm not sure if the, this is a problem with my generation of gamers or with the the setting as a whole. Just looking at it, you're a normal human being with astounding powers. But maybe my players haven't watched the Jason Bourne movies. I haven't watched the Jason Bourne movies. Perhaps that's what was my mistake in setting it up. Mm. Um, uh, but they... Well, and another problem may be maybe they've watched a different action, different set of action films with slightly different assumptions about what people can get away with. Yeah, and it's yeah. That, Deceleration and, trauma is not your friend. True. Not the cape. Not the cape. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, the other thing uh, thing is that I find with systems I don't know, and even sometimes with systems I do, players can get so competent or start out so competent that the thing they do that is cool is just no challenge to them i am finding with high point characters in gurps and it was and in in some other systems as well that i find it very difficult with my mindset or maybe with the mindset of my players to make it make it cool for them to do their primary thing it should be fixable by giving them more monsters, more powerful monsters, but it isn't really. Well, g- given that I'm not, I'm not particularly enthusiastic for combat and RPGs anyway, I mean, I can see it has a place, but I, it's not, not a primary motivation for me. Oh, well, um, it, other challenges, things, things that aren't combat in most games tend to be resolved with a few skill roles. But it's not just... The combat is one of the more interesting things. Yeah. But, but, but even then, I mean, this, this will apply to combat as well. But take the situation where you know ro- ro- you're rolling your diplomacy or mm-hmm. you know, something like that. The answer, I think, is lots of negative modifiers. So yeah. you, you are using your diplomacy on the guy with the extremely high willpower. Um, okay, you, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to re- do research into bits of abstruse thermatology that have defeated the greats. Mm. Except that in, in uh, GURPS you roll minus ten, minus fifteen. Except that the answer to that is, and has sort of has to be, if they can role play the setup well, they should be getting bonuses, not negatives. And my players, which are gives good. them an excuse to role play the setup, which is fun. Yeah, which is fun. All right, admittedly, <laughs> but nonetheless, by the time it comes to to roll the dice. Sometimes they just want so many, uh, uh, as many. Uh, their their habit of grasping for every last plus, when um, a sixteen out of eighteen, a sixteen out of three d six chance is as good as you get, and all you really mm. need, um, they set, they still want to grasp for the the extra chance, the extra bonus, the extra bit of fluff. And it's a bit of a pain, to be perfectly frank. I can't... Well, while, while you were trying to set that up, yeah, bad thing happened. All right, maybe, maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just not uh, making things detailed enough. Except that, uh, that that produces a different set of complaints. Um, um, but, well, you didn't tell me that before. Type complaints and that sort of thing. I am, th- I am thinking that 
there are there are there are problems with with superheroes. It seems to me that um, if if one uses superheroes as the model, yeah, then one could look at the sort of thing that got, that gets done to superheroes, which yeah, yes, yes, I'm ter- terribly strong and um, bulletproof, but my but my family and friends aren't. Yeah. Or mm. uh, okay, here is a problem that actually cannot be solved by being extremely strong. Well, the thing is, um, the thing with superheroes is that it leads to escalation, and escalation to the point of ludicrousness is, as I suppose, what I'm afraid of. Tony well, Stark in the- traditional superheroes seem, seem to be entirely happy to pull new powers mm. out of wherever they keep them, both, both for, for the for the um, heroes and the enemies. So, well, I, I was going to say Tony Stark. Spoilers here for some movies which you've almost certainly seen. Mm. Um, Tony Stark in the in the first Iron Man movie is is perfectly happy with going up against um, his his treacherous um, general ma- manager and defeating him uh, by his ignorance of uh, the cooling of the uh, uh, freezing problem at uh, great heights in those powered armor. Mm. Um, and three movies later, he has to face a guy who can click his fingers and wipe out half the universe. Mm-hmm. And escalation gets um, gets terribly f- foolish. There is the means of making it not about um, not about that the, the the level of super competence, of moving it to the things that they are not specifically good at. But well, that's but a bit cheating. Also, I feel that um, that is that is stealing the the spotlight moment from from the uh, from from the player. That one one way I see is you, you can you can split the those things. You, you've you've got the actual what you might call the adventuring challenges, yeah. which are the people who are broadly on the same sort of level as the PCs. Yeah, you know you you have you you have uh, super persuasion. I have super willpower. What how, however it works out. But in order to make it something other than just the same as the as the basic power basic game, only with more more numbers. I think what you should also have is the occasional interactions with, with um, non-high-powered people, mm. which go entirely the PC's way. Um, Robin Laws, I can't remember what he calls it, but it's, it's basically the show-off-how-cool-I-am moment. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've done that as a player, and I reflect afterwards that I feel a little bit like a bully who's just... Um, who has just done something towards somebody who could not possibly? Have they don't have to be conflict. Hmm. Well, they are. I mean, it, it, it's oh, take 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 the I don't know. They're presumably some some um, superpowered doctors in superheroism. Uh, a few, yes. So you know, sees a beggar and says, "Hey, you you've got rare, rare rare nerve disease. There's a hospital that's trying an experimental treatment. I'll get you in there." Hmm. Perhaps. That, that's the sort of it, it's just passing moments of cool that say, yeah, we we are way more competent than the normal people. Hmm. But if you start out that good, is it interesting to do it all the way through the adventure? In my Knights Black Agents game, I had one a player who didn't use his um, MOSs. Is is once it once a game um, super cool? I can do anything. This mm-hmm. until the last episode, um, in which 
spoilers, actually not spo uh, spoilers for those of you who are reading this in A and E, <laughs> in which uh, in which he used it to finally finish off Dracula, which was, I will admit, megaly cool. I did have to put him up up with him grumping for the entire campaign, <laughs> but it was it was when it came to it, a majorly a majorly cool uh, moment when he had the right thing to hand at the right moment uh, to ensure that uh, the count did not rise again. Mm. But he started out with that; he didn't have to work towards it. He well, kept I, I it, he kept it under control until the last moment. Which is his major bit of coolness, but but a character who starts out that good, ah, oh, and a character who I have player, I have one player who who when he has so many dice he can't fail, who just toss the dice in the air and say yeah yeah, I did it, and I'm I'm in a mood to kick him and I can't. Mm. Dice tower. <laughs> it still it still brings up a, ra a random roll of the dice. Uh, and I, I think I think it's possibly worth separating high power from increasing power. Okay. Um, all right, power increases have been a part of role-playing games pretty much from the start. Yeah. Uh, though some more than others are yeah, classic traveller, mm. which yeah. basically, if you want to increase this, you can go away on a four-year course to, yeah. get, to get a chance of a plus one, I think it was. Uh, one, one version of the traveller rule said had no rules for improvement at all. What you got out of character generation was what you had. Yeah, and you know that's not terrible. It was it, it was terrible if you'd had what one, uh, uh, one, one four-year term of service in the Marines and knew how to fight a right uh, fire a rifle and wave a cutlass, and that was it. Um, but that 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 was more the extremely random nation, nature of the of the generation of the early generation system. I, I think it's a convention, but it's not one that necessarily has to be kept to. Hmm. Um, it's obviously helpful in a, in a long-running story for escalating general yeah. levels of threat. But you know, I, I don't think you necessarily need to have more competent PCs at the end than at the beginning. Well, Robin Laws... It, it, some, some of it can be, you know, they've discovered during the course of the game what it is they're fighting against and where to apply the pressure. And so they're more effective at the end of the game, and that is how they end the narrative arc. Yeah. But they don't necessarily have to be better shots. I, Robin Laws has, in the latest version of, uh, of Hero Quest, ruled out the, uh, the bad guys having skills in terms anything other than relative to what the players currently can do and mm. uh, and how high or how low how difficult or how easy it is should be paced according to his theories of of story beats and how the flow of the saga should be going and i really don't believe those at all it also does major problems for my Sense of verisimilitude of the of the universe. Yeah. If I don't have a set of stats for the big bad, the emperor should be as tough as the emperor, at least as tough as it, as as, it, as he was at the start. Uh, at the end of the end end of the uh, of the campaign, um, with for allowances for him suffering from the dreaded disease of all the emperors. 
Yeah, I, I believe there are treatments these days, but you need to be a bit confidential about it. Uh, it's uh, the, the, the sacrificing of virgins that is the trouble. Well, that, that's supposed to fix it. Uh, anyway. Public relations. I, I've, I've Public played relations. some D&D 3.5 a few years back um, mm. African campaign setting was quite fun uh, but the, the the GM was clearly fighting against the idea that you know at, at first level you've, you've got a bonus you've got an expected bonus of about plus two on the thing you're good at and so you have a, you have opponents that are about a plus two and then at tenth level you've got a bonus of plus twelve and you've said so therefore you have opponents that are about a plus twelve and yeah if if what you want is just a series of fights, that's okay. But if you want to do anything more than that, then it's not terribly interesting. Hmm. Well, D and D does tend to be a series of fights. But you, dear listener, are beyond that, of course. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like the way you put that singular in there because because you know he doesn't argue well for for the cloth cap. I, I, I visualise a single listener. It, it, it's easier that way. I'm not going to examine the listener in your subconscious. I'm not going to go to that <laughs> just as well. pile of t- temptation. I think, I think what it is, is I don't want my players ever to have the feeling of invulnerability. I want them to... I, I think what is exciting for me um, is not surety of success, but possibility of success. And a chance of failure. I'm not a masochist, I think. On the other hand, I have been GMing for over 40 years. Um, but I want there to be a chance that I will fail because if I don't have that, my sense of my characters making a sacrifice, risking something that is life that's worth something to him, goes away. And therefore, I have to maintain some sense of um, of they could fail now. And with some modern systems, and with very powerful characters in some older systems, I'm finding that hard. Mm. But, and this is a, a, a song I have sung before on this podcast, and I'm just realising that I'm coming round to it again. One of the things that does occur to me is that, uh, quite apart from having more pluses one difference that I think should be implicit in, in a high-power level campaign is you're interacting with bigger things. Yeah. By which I don't mean bigger monsters. I mean, you you are you are significant enough compared with the mass of humanity mm. that political factions are interested in you. Yeah, the, um, our friends on uh, the Grognard Files were inter- interviewing Simon Burley about um, his Golden Heroes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he... I've never played Golden Heroes, but one of the things that I, he said about it was that as a as a, a game mechanic, you've got a choice for, as re, for reward of either improving your reputation or improving your ability. Mm-hmm. And reputation was a damned useful thing. In fact, I think I think in many games, maintaining your rep, reputation should be a primary thing that you do. I mean, a game of, of, of secret spies, your reputation only matters within the organisation, if there. But to, yeah, to, a, but, to an Arthurian knight, there's um, honour, and, and to the, a superhero, the, the there, is, there is... Our, our heroes started off being known to Maxwell Knight, because mm. they were working for him. Mm. Um, what, 
what one of them is, is now talking regularly with Alan Brooke and will probably get asked to brief Churchill on something. Yeah, well, that is that is rep, that is organisation rep, that is HM government mm-hmm. rep, and and very useful. It is too, and you ought to be charging them points for it. Yeah, but yeah. that is a spy's game. Yeah, quite. But in what, what, what I'm getting at is, by by the time they've got to the sort of five hundred odd point level they're at now, yeah, yeah, they, they, these are movers and shakers, whether they want to be or not. Yeah, you should, and that attracts interest. Yeah. You, yeah, in some senses, you should be giving them an, an automatic reputation. Reputation is a peculiar thing because it is, because it is both. Um, um, I admire you, and I am afraid of you at once. Yeah, it, it's tricky, Gertz, because the, the, there are suggestions sometimes that, for example, criminals should have negative reputations. But then there's with whom, and then there's. You know, gosh, it's Superman. Yes, of course. Yes, of course, I will do what he asks. Or, oh crap, it's Superman. Yes, of course, I will do what he asks. Come out much the same way as far as Superman is concerned. That's true. Uh, but, uh, but that, yeah, but the flavour ought to be different. And, and, yeah, it, it uh, the, 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 it is sheer impact of reputation of reputation ought to. I mean, you you may actually want to do away in GURPS with plus or minus reputation in some circumstances. Well, I I, I look at it as the 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 mechanical mode of how likely they are to do what you want, mm. separately from what they think of you. Yeah, but there there is there is having heard of you reputation, and there is um, there is what I think of you reputation. Well, if, if in GURPS terms, if, if they've heard of you but they don't feel positively or negatively about you, then that's zero cost. Which is... Mm. Which means I can I can simply hand wave it. Yeah, true. And not have to worry about keeping track of the details. Yeah, on the other hand, I um, uh, speaking as a, a sometime professional actor, I, w- I, would, I would value a zero cost reputation <laughs> um, <laughs> amongst casting agents, particularly. Fair enough. Oh, Michael Kill, yes, he was in. And uh, I'd, I'd like the positive reputation. I'd be appalled by the negative reputation. But I'll take the I-know-who-he-is reputation. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I, th- I think the, the, the stat ought to be called impact or something like that. The, mm. the, 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 you, you, to a certain extent, you make ripples in the world just by moving through it. Yeah. You, Even you, if you're not trying to. Yeah. Quite. That uh, uh, even if you don't have command authority, you have you are a known factor in the world, and that really ought to be something we model better than we actually mm. do. In fact, that's that's something I should think about. I should probably think about for my uh, for my future games, which get to be high powered. I should think about Rain ought to have a mechanic for this. Um, for the the group, the group's impact on the wide, wider world, their their scale, mm. if you like, you start out as a bunch of refugees and you end up as a faction in the kingdom. That's that's a matter of what scale is your character on. Who are your rivals in yeah. that scale? And at the latter end of that, when you start dealing with another faction, they're not. Oh well, we've never heard of you before. What do we think of you? It's well, we, we've heard of previous things you've done as at the faction level, at least. Yeah, 
and and yeah, the 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 what you are known for, your saga, um, ought to be taken into account as on the individual level and uh, and on the on the group on the group level. Um, you are are uh, you are India Rubber Man, who rubbed out the uh, uh, the the cult of the of of charcoal, but um. At, or, or you are the the League of Astounding Heroes who saved the world several times. Yeah, that all that all ought to be taken into account and um, mm. paid attention to. But even you know, even if it's only the if you were doing this very uh, new age, new style gamey, even if it were only a piece of paper with a list of the of the adventures you've been in, such as it occurs to me, you will see on the back of every. Um, Pendragon character sheet, um, and isn't Greg Stafford being prescient again? Damn him! <laughs> but all right, I am. I I'm, I have matters to consider. Yeah, in Pen in Pendragon, your honour and your reputation really matter, and are it mechanically is one of the key things of the game. It gets overshadowed, I think, by the by the passions. But uh... hmm. uh, well, your passions are internal. Your honour. Is both internal and and external. Well, it's, it's yeah. W- w- once you've been on a few adventures and got a bit of glory, other people are getting that one per thousand points of glory bonus to recognise you. Yeah, they rec- they they know the sort of thing you've done. They know what your reputation is. Oh crap! It's a Lancelot again. <sighs> Quick, somebody find him a maiden. No, 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 he's not like that. Only to rescue you, mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, look, hand your do- daughter over to the dra- dragon in the weir and it'll distract him for months. Hmm. All right, all right, I have, I have, cra- I have, I have uh, groaned and I have complained. Let's move on to something else. Last time we talked in passing about pulp and thought we'd like to look into it a bit a bit more. And my first thought here is what makes a game a pulp game? Well, because it's not quite the same thing as a cinematic game. Now, it needs a particular flavour of adventurous game redolent of the 1930s, but not confined to the historical period. Um... It is focused on male adolescent fantasies more than most uh, role-playing is, and it's about style and theme. One could argue that it gave rise fairly linearly to role-playing. Mm. And so certainly, looking at looking at Conan, yeah. Um, look, well, uh, Tolkien was an influence, but but the. But the pulps and far farther and the grey mouse and mm-hmm. all of that, all of the stuff that was available, which wasn't very much at the time, the the the, the uh, fantasy paperback market was getting started contemporaneous with. Um, there was still a lot yeah. of material hanging over from uh, the nineteen. Uh, 19- 30s and 40s. Hence. And pe- people who'd been reading it 10 years earlier when they were children. True. Were, were 
were well were amongst the starting generation of of of, role, of war gamers who became uh, role, role gamers. Uh, I, I, I think some of it could could be argued as the opposite of gritty. Go on, yeah, because. Um, you, you you do get pulps where people get beaten up and are still feeling it days afterwards. True, not many, not many, mo- most. But they 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 complained about that how grotty they're feeling, but they still push through and do heroic things. Yeah, heroism is a big thing in the pulps. Um, Definitely a focus on action. Um, yes, it's it's pe- people who set out and do stuff, um, mm. often on quite fragile premises. Yeah, it's also it also tends to have a flavour of exoticism. Whether you are going to strange places, whether it's set in strange places like most most of Edgar Rice Burroughs um, and uh, and a lot of a lot of the weird tales and material, um, Tecumel is a very pulpy feeling mm-hmm. uh, world, um, and 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 uh, Barker's. Early fanzine writing is flavoured in that di- flavoured in that direction. The small bits of it I've managed to see, but yeah, so exo- the exotic thing is either coming to your world or you're going to it. Um, yeah, though I, I would also include you, your, your pulp detectives who are mm. proto superheroes. Really, I mean, Doc Savage, the Shadow, the Spider. So well, look at the look at the things that they tend to end up fighting, um, and you will find the the villains in Doc Savage. Um, are often deeply weird and super scientists themselves or the creations of them. Sometimes. Alright, also gangsters, but yeah. But, 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 but they don't have their brains fixed at the crime college. Let's yeah, not think too deeply, deeply about that. And let's not include it in our role in games as less we want to be deliberately dark. Yeah. I, I believe there was one, one late story where somebody was deliberately finding the people who'd had this done to them and unfixing them. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can get behind that. Liberate, liberate the brainwashed masses to, to give himself an army of criminals. But yeah, you can't have everything. <laughs> I, st- I still think that it was the moral thing to do. Um, generally, you got clear good guys and bad guys. Yeah, um, and you know some, which one you are. Some bad guys guy. can, can be deceptive, such as uh, they they probably don't fool the hero, but they can fool other people in the town, as it were. Yeah, they are. You know, the, Outwardly the, the, respectable, they say he cheats at cards. The the evil banker, who mm. who is still the banker in the town, and people still go to him and so on. Yeah, the uh, all right, the, the 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 clergyman who is so polite, but has a strange collection of ancient documents. Sorry, all right, carry books. on. No, no good ever comes of books, which is why I keep them safe from my. <laughs> You, you towards the end, of course, you start to get Nazis. That that's mostly, to be fair, a post-war thing. That, that mm. the well, the Americans were, were, for obvious reasons, quite quite careful about not putting Nazis as the pulp villains a lot of the time. Yeah, um, um, you, you you read Doc Savage in 1937, and it's a certain aggressive European country. Yeah, you'll you'll even find that in some British stuff. That the, after the war, the term was premature anti-fascist mm-hmm. for somebody who disliked Hitler and Mussolini before people in Idaho thought this was a good thing. Yeah. The, but but, but looking, looking back at it now, I, I don't think there's any trouble in um, well, no, no, dro- dropping in Nazis in an appropriate context. Well, well neo-pulp neo like Indiana Jones, one of the glories of it is that you get to punch Nazis in the head. 
mm-hmm. and bl- and blow up their fiendish plots. What's more. Yeah, there, there is very, very much that sensibility that I associate with superheroes is that most of the problems you face can be solved by punching somebody. Some, yeah. Sometimes you need to take some time to find out the right person to punch. Yeah. Subtlety. subtlety. Indiana Jones could do subtlety, but by, and, and Duck Savage could do subtlety on occasion, but by and large, muscles were a big thing. Hmm. Talking about exoticism, I, we should mention that the, uh, the source pulps were um were pretty racist um yeah. pretty, that the, you were they were they, 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 they were they, they were they were xenophiliac but also because exoticism and strangeness but also pretty much um disdainful of uh, of of the the temptations of the especially towards the orient i mean uh, all right um fu manchu is, 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 is the yellow peril made manifest? Yeah, quite deliberately. And, uh, and though later reimaginings um, may may justify him, he's still, he as a, as a, as a a, um, a freedom fighter against Western oppression, which I believe is how he saw himself all the time. Yeah, but you know he's still got the scorpion pit. He's still got the sc- uh, scorpion pit and the exotic gardens uh, full of stra- strange orchids with brainwashing. And, and and the multiple brainwashed brides, but but he but 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 he also has a strange sense of honour, and, uh, and and will keep his word. Um, yes, pulp is where in another world you and I could have been friends comes from. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong, but it's a thing that the villain will say. Yeah, ah, uh, if you had un- if you had only uh, stood in my shoes, you would understand. As it is, I must feed you to this acid. <laughs> Glop. All right, go on. Surprisingly absent in well, depending on how you look at it. I'm, I'm, I was thinking of the um, actual twenties and thirties setting, which no. I don't think has been used in games a great deal. Ah, um, uh, excuse me, Call of Cthulhu, sir, please, sir. Yes, though that's mm, in spite of what uh, Trader Cthulhu says, I don't think there's really a pulp sensibility to that. There is a game called Pulp Cthulhu. I have not read it, but I thought I should mention it. It's a separate yeah. flavouring of the system. I have heard some recordings of games played using that, and I do think that goes more in that direction. Um, what why, why not? In, in the, yes, punching things may actually be effective and not simply result in you pulling back a wrist. Yeah. Um, when I think of Call of Cthulhu, I do think of uh, Lovecraft stories first. And those, while they were obviously published in the in the same places, yeah. do not, to my mind, take on this kind of pulp sensibility, for the no. most part. No, by and large, not. They they are silly, generous, um, in both their good and bad ways. Yeah, and th- th- thinking of those uh, examples of racism, yeah, I've, I've been reading some John Buchan recently, and being a Jew is clearly regarded as this is so obviously evidence of villainy. We don't have to even have to give him any any other villainous characteristics. Yeah, Dennis Wheatley manages to, manages to include um, uh, sympathetic Jewish characters and still be vile about it. Well, he was a fairly horrible person. Yeah. So yeah, um, be, being act- being swarthy is obviously terrible because you know racial mixing and so on. Being black just makes him invisible mm. or comical. Yes, I feel very sorry for Mountain Morland, um, actor of the twenties and thirties. He was actually quite a good actor, but because of Hollywood, he he got to be the comical Negro. Yeah, um, 
comical Negroes did uh, uh, didn't they, they weren't serious Negroes until the until the sixties and seventies, and and even Rochester, who was allowed to um, uh, top Jack Benny on a regular basis, well, it wasn't around until the fifties. Yeah, and of course you have have some similar problems with the place of women. Um, there are some interesting female characters in the pulps. All too often, they are the quest object. There are, there are even some interesting female characters written by females in the pulps, but not yeah. very many. Uh, the yeah, the 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 quest object or the annoying girlfriend who keeps trying to do the things that she shouldn't be allowed to do. And yeah, the pulp. Uh, we the, the don't. First, the first I think we got to say excellent heroine. I think we have to say. Oh, do we? Do we want to do the authentic pulps? Because that would be. Um, that would be a bit of a strain upon modern uh, sensibilities. Or the, do we want to do well, the revisionist pulps? If if all your players are white and male, yeah, then it's perhaps and want le- to play white males. Then it's perhaps less of a strain than it ought to be. It, it is. I mean, one, one doesn't need to be actively oppressing. One can simply say, well, we, we are all white male PCs. We are dealing mostly with white male villains yeah. or occasional exotic foreign villains, and one can simply ignore the other cultures. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is a lot of what the pulps do as well. It's not great in a, in a, in modern terms, but it's easy. Mm. Um, the general feeling I tend to have is that I would like these problems to be to be out there in the game, in the game in the world game world, yeah, but not foregrounded. Which is again perhaps a slightly easy option, but it but it works for me. There is a temptation. Um, I can feel it wafting over me. I'll never do the work to do it, of running a, a pub game whose climax is the terror of the respectable British adventurers saying, are we the baddies? <laughs> well, as you know, I'm currently running a game uh, set in 1930. It's not, not particularly a pop sensibility. Hmm. Uh, but all, all the PCs are female uh, and with, with other social disadvantages as well, which, which I did basically because... I, I want a reason why they can't simply run to the police and say there's a monster in the house. Yeah. Silly girl, uh, you're having the vapours. The other half of that is, if if they did manage to do that, the monster would eat the policeman and say, burp. Hmm. Right. Well, whereas they have some potential of a chance against it. Yeah. Down these mean streets, a woman must go who is slightly psychic and can kick things. <laughs> And can see the invisible monsters. Yeah. In this particular case. Yeah, so, I, yes, yes, all right, Call of Cthulhu. Um, I have heard of people using Call of Cthulhu for non-occult-based yeah. gaming in the period as well. Uh, GURPS Cliffhangers is, is the huge example here, hmm. which is, I think if it were written today, it would look very different because it is much more a source book of the 20s and 30s than it, that, is, than it is about here's what happens in a pulp game. Yeah, I've yeah the yeah it's a slim and a early volume. I'm not even sure there was a second edition. There may have been. My memory doesn't go. go it that was far. done with a different cover at least, so it was probably anyway. Yeah, um, they they thought they might uh, write a series of adventures, but that was before they get, gave up on adventures, pretty much. Yeah, Savage Worlds kind of assumes a pulpy sensibility. Yeah, it is its default. Uh, it's its default uh, sensibility, and one of the things it supports the most. All those details of tedious 
um, 1930s planes, which do not interest me much. I don't remember them actually ever producing a historical pop setting book. Uh, I may have missed it. There's Cthuloid and wartime stuff, but that isn't quite the same, is it? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I regard World War II as a different genre. Well, yes. Uh, Slightly. I mean, obviously there were pulps published in, in, in wartime and about the war, though really that, the paper shortages kind of finished, started to finish them off at that point. Mm. But uh, Yeah, the, 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 the sensitivity, the sensibility are, was different afterwards, perhaps because there had been a war, people had punched people in the heads, and it had made as much difference as it did. But but well, were... a, a lot of things changed. I, mean, I, I was uh, yeah. What, what uh, is the why? 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 So few, why did the pulps change, or what would have been the pulps change after? Well, um, paper shortages made made them uh, smaller, basically. Usually mm. a smaller format, but thicker to yeah. start with. Um, comics and television came along. Yeah. In well, television came along. Comics expanded. Yeah. And, and gave people the same sort of um, heroic action hit with perhaps less less effort involved to get it. Sure. Uh, and and that, that kind of collapsed. Really, it pushed the short story writers. Many of the short story writers were pushed into novels. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, there are there are pulpy there are pulpy things even in Bond. You can feel. Um, you can feel the exoticism in in the in the villains, all of the 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 the, the villains in Bond, Goldfinger, Drax, uh, Doctor No, would make are excellent uh, bits of exotic uh, villainy, and and mm. and despite the fact that it's firmly set in what Fleming thought of as the modern world, <laughs> um, it, it still has the hero go, going out, and and all the. The espionage genre expands after Bond and takes a lot of the pulp impulse. I think that's it. fair, yeah. Um, and the men from Uncle are going around um, uh, doing what they do and saying, we're from this top secret organisation. Oh, yes. We, we need to use your flat. Yeah. Yeah, and br- briefly in magazine publishing you get the men's adventure stories, um, yeah. which are sort of 50s to 70s-ish. Well, yeah, when I when I came across them, I was busy buying up old issues of Analog, and uh, that and that sort of thing. So mm. it was, I never really got into the uh, the general fiction things like Argosy and and what have you. So so yeah, I I I think the for me the pulps exist in retrospect in in collections that other people have put together. Mm. And I can say, yeah, this this looks like like it was fun. Well, that also helps you winnow out an awful lot of the crap. True. True. And the the other thing about the, about the war, of course, um, I've, this this occurred to me when I was looking at re reading uh, Psycho hmm. last year. Um, the the old horrors didn't really have much power anymore when people knew all about Auschwitz and Hiroshima and you know hmm. and Burma for that matter. Yeah. And I I I think where Bloch was brilliant was realising that yeah now, now we can have human based horror it doesn't have to be explicitly supernatural and it's much more horrifying because it could actually happen yeah and uh, but but I think you've got a similar thing with, with the pulps and, and simply punching bad guys in the face maybe doesn't feel like enough anymore mm. yeah well 
punching somebody in the face is always, uh, is always a temptation. As Greg Stafford, great gaming guru, uh, uh, writes, violence is always an option. But and and I think in gaming it's not not it's not always a bad option. Um, I know we, we well did, one of one of the surprises of gaming is that it can can often be a good option. That that's one of the things I think inherits inherits very directly from the pulps. Yeah, and from. Yeah, yeah, particularly Conan very rarely kills the wrong guy. I don't think he ever does. In fact, <laughs> yes, the embarrassment of Conan. Gosh, that would be a story for somebody to write. <laughs> I'm sorry, this was your husband. <laughs> oh, so you're a widow then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you a wealthy widow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Conan suddenly becomes well sleazy. There, there, one, one I would like to mention is uh, Marcus Rowland's Forgotten Futures. Yes, which well, is okay. It's, it's scientific back, romances mostly. It goes, rather it goes than back. Pops. Yeah, right, right. I mean, some of the stuff, uh, the, the Karnaki stories, are sort of pulp era ish. But but they they come into a, at least some of them come into very similar sensibility. Yeah, um, and it's also a nice lightweight system for running this sort of story in. Yeah, it's a. I, yeah, I, Marcus is, is more, more interested in the, in the exploring strange worlds than in the than in the, the fists of fury, I think. But but he's, he's yeah. got a place for um, uh, uh, for a dashing British gentleman going out on uh, on experimental ether ships. For that matter, I've just been uh, playing in a somewhat Karnaki derived um, Forgotten Futures game. Oh yeah. That's worked fairly well. Um, Don't look through a tilling gas resonator. What have <laughs> I told you? There have been, in fact, two Indiana Jones official RPGs. Yeah, one of which vanished into legend as trying to trademark the Nazis. And yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite what they did, but yeah, it, it, it's a long and complicated story. What was the second one? Um, well, that was the TSR one, which famously didn't have character generation rules. Yeah. Uh, they, they actually brought them out in a supplement later. Uh, the West End Games one, um, just about the end of Torg, about ninety three, ninety four ish. It passed me by. Uh, they, they basically their, their successor to Torg as their new universal system was the Masterbook system. I remember. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Which, which was Torg derived. Yeah. Um, and they they got the indeed license for that, hmm. and did produce quite a few books for it. I, I've never seen them. I wasn't particularly interested at the time, and I haven't seen them since. Yeah, the Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, it has all the problems you have with uh, with an iconic character thing, and it's less it's less um, um, amenable to the, uh, the team approach than Buffy ever was. Um, in Buffy, in Buffy, the TV series. It was about the the Scoobies as, as much as it was about Buffy hmm. m- most weeks, and, um, hmm. and but and Indy doesn't have that setting. He goes off, he has an adventure, he goes away, and he's a- academic for several years. Yeah, I, I I don't know how they dealt with that in in the West End Games version, though I, I believe the suggestion was that you would generate your own characters rather than hmm. play the canonical ones. Uh, one, one that I was uh, reminded of, uh, Heroes of Ruritonga. I can't remember the author's name, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a miniature campaign setting for um, 1930s um, sea, seaplane shenanigans in the South Pacific. Hmm. 
if you if you know the TV series Tales of the Gold Monkey, it, it is a very clear inspiration. I yeah, the, there's a whole. So, so you've got you know your, your basic smuggling and petty criminality and so on to deal with, uh, but you've also got the militarizing Japanese. One uh, it occurs to me mentioning the South Pacific uh, that one modern publication and uh, role playing game that has a lot of pulpiness about it um, is Atomic Robo which not oh, no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a fate based uh, role playing game uh, go and have a look at the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the it's a webcomic so you can <laughs> pick most of it up just by go, going and looking um, and, and it's basically about the adventures um, from uh, the 19th century but that involved time travel to the present of uh, of a of an independent atomic robot built by Doctor uh, Tesla um, in the ni- in the nineteen tens, I think, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it, it's about uh, his adventures. Uh, Doctor Atomic Robo Tesla, as he ends up calling himself, <laughs> um, is uh, is the hero um, uh, of a and the leader of a team of action scientists. Who go around solving uh, solving problems, and there are adventures uh, fighting Nazis during the uh, Second World War, um, and uh, uh, going with the jetpack, uh, wearing uh, 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 lady pilots of the Pacific, um, in the aftermath, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, fighting uh, Doctor Dinosaur, who is a temporal anomaly wherever he turns up. Uh, it's great fun. <laughs> go 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 and find. It. Um, yeah, um, I, can, can we think what? Why? I mean, okay, that, that's a that's a reasonable few games, but I don't I don't think. Um, well, I don't think the nineteen twenties. Maybe maybe it's the long shadow of Call of Cthulhu has ma- has made other well, games. Yeah, a I, bit think, I think Call of Cthulhu reluctant sort, to get into I, it, it. As as that bit, if not the market, that bit in um, in gamers' consciousness uh, tied up a bit. Um, I'm trying to think. There was a thought going through in my head. It'll come back in a moment of 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 things that could be um, that could be made into uh, viable role playing games, and you can apply from the pulp from the filter. pulps. All right, yeah, all right. So I know what things. I was thinking of, John Carter of Mars. Now that has had hmm. a few attempts at it, but again, it suffers from the big damn hero problem, and yeah. the and uh, and using a. And the same thing applies to Miles Will Corsican. Um using a setting which was designed for a big damn hero as the background for other people sometimes doesn't work. Yeah, GURPS Mars, of course, has the um, ancient decaying Mars, which which is mm. cognate with Barsoom but not identical. Yeah, I and and that would probably help simply because you don't have the this guy did all this amazing stuff. Yeah, problem. I feel, uh, I, uh, as I say, I feel that Techimel is highly, highly pulpy, and the things that I'm working on for it are uh, are cognate with, um, I think, Beaujest at the moment. It's a, it's a it's hmm. a it's an expedition out out into the northern deserts um, in search of strange lights, but it may not actually get finished. So you know, <laughs> uh, my my normal laziness always applies. Yeah, I, it is surprising there isn't more of it. The, the the problem is that great, apart from Cthulhu, there aren't great 
there aren't series in which there's a, a great universe implied that you can explore. Um, even if in the case of Cthulhu, it's mostly only to explore, go mad and die. But um, mm. uh, but there ought to be other stuff out there, and I don't know why there isn't. Our, our li- listeners, plural, see, I think they're plural, um, are, are going to write in and tell us the things they, they have noticed we haven't. One thought, um, if, if we assume that um, Gygax and Anderson wanted a pop sensibility for Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. then it may be that they, they felt that that had been done. It got filtered through the relatively crude rules mechanisms available at the time. Mm. But by by the time people come, came along with better rules, it was a thing that had been done. Um, yeah, except that what people remember from there, I mean, Conan was in there from the beginning, but it, but the pulp sensibility isn't there. It's the sword and sorcery. It's the it's the it's the it's the knights in armor thing there, and the and the wizards and. And Tolkien sort of overwhelms it a bit, but and it's, but it's, and it's very much not pulp. It's very much not uh, not pulp, though. Though the average uh, gamer's appreciation of Tolkien is perhaps less literary than you might wish. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't think, however many of us learn Elvish, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think that. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that uh, uh, that the feel of um, the Lord of the Rings gets through in many cases. Yeah. In any case, if if, if there are pulp games we've missed, I'm sure there are. There are. Please tell us. Yeah. Indeed, if you want to tell us about uh, your very high-powered... Uh, no, if you want to tell us about how you're dealing with your very high-powered characters... If you want to tell us uh, the tortures you apply to the players who do not turn up on a regular basis, or anything else that strikes your fancy we might have been talking about, uh, then you can comment on the website or by... Uh, email to podcast at tekeli.ly. And we will be back, Deus Volent, next month. <laughs>